Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Bucks made a change at head coach a few weeks ago, and the record has gotten worse. Is the time to panic in Milwaukee? Also, Caitlin Clark is her, and Derrick Henry should sign with the Ravens. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. It was supposed to be a get-right game after getting absolutely throttled by the Miami Heat on Tuesday. The Milwaukee Bucks were going to get a chance to go into the All-Star break against the Memphis Grizzlies G League squad, which is basically what they were considering the injury report, all the guys that they're missing. And then the Grizzlies shot over 50% from three, and they get a 113-110 win over the Bucks, who have not been able to find the magic in a post-Adrian Griffin universe. Camille Davis from Locked on Bucks joins me now. And Camille, Bucks fans have been saying, you, you guys on Locked on Bucks have been saying, look, the process is getting better. Things are getting better with Doc Rivers. It's a hard case to make after a game like this, isn't it? It truly is. Like, this is one of the games that you were looking at on the schedule where you're like, hey, this is the game the Bucks should get because the Bucks came into the Doc Rivers era having the toughest schedule in the Eastern Conference. But tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies, a Memphis Grizzlies team that has an injury report longer than the CBS receipt, they could not find a way to get it done. And it's an extremely disappointing way to limp into the all-star break, especially after you just lost at home to the Miami Heat that were without Jimmy Butler and Terry Rozier. So it's it's not a good, a good feeling heading into the break right now. Damian Lillard, seven for 21 in this one, three for 13 from three. And it, that last possession, if you didn't see it, uh, for those listening, the Bucks had a shot to tie the game at the end, and there was a congestion at midcourt. Damian Lillard and and Brooke Lopez not on the same page with how the screen was going to be handled, and they fumbled the ball away. Didn't even get a shot up with 11 seconds left. Yep. Not even not even able to get a shot up. It seems emblematic of some of the struggles that this team is having right now on a night, Camille, where. Giannis had 35 on 15 of 17 shooting to go along with 12 assists to waste a game like that. Just, just feels like such a letdown make the case that over the last two plus weeks, the bucks are actually headed in the right direction with doc rivers because there are a lot of bucks fans and media doing that. Yeah. So the thing that people are looking at when they make the case that the bucks have been getting better over the last few weeks with doc rivers, first they point to the defense, Mm. right? Because under Adrian Griffin, you're looking at that defense and you're like, Hey, they need to tighten up a little bit here. And doc comes in, you see that the bucks have gotten better in transition defense. You see that they've gotten better better. um, in the paint and you look at all the numbers and you're like, Hey, okay. The bucks might be cooking with something here. Like under Adrian Griffin, the Bucks were 21st defensively when it comes to defensive rating. Under Doc, before this game tonight, they were 12th in the league. So you're seeing the progress in those areas where you're like, okay, the Bucks are cooking with something here. But another change that you have seen with this Bucks team since Doc has taken over is that the offense has taken a step back. Yep. Under Adrian Griffin, the Bucks offense was ranked fourth in the league currently ahead of tonight's game. The Bucks offense has been 18th 
in the league. So mm-hmm. before it was like, hey, they're not playing defense, but at least they're putting up a lot of points. And right now it's like the defense is getting better, but they're not putting up as many points. And now these games are getting closer. And as you saw tonight, that led to crunch time against a severely shorthanded Memphis Grizzly team. You know, the old cliche, Camille, is time heal all, heals all wounds. Um, the Bucs are, are running out, out of opportunities to catch the Celtics and, and maybe the Cavs uh, in their own division. How much of what is ailing them right now can just be healed with time? Just reps, get through these games and get to the postseason w- with an understanding and a continuity on their hands. That's been my position for this Bucks team. Tonight's loss does not make me feel very good about that. No. So I'm trying to also separate <laughs> the game, like just the one game sample size from what we've seen over a larger sample size. But the biggest thing for this Bucks team, based on how they're constructed, we know what this team is now. And they are a top heavy team. This team is going to depend offensively very heavily on Giannis, on Dame, on Chris, primarily. And then you have Brooke and you have Malik Beasley. Those are the five guys where you're like, hey, this is where a majority of the offense is coming from. In particular, uh, the four guys getting paid the most money there, which again, Giannis, Dame, Chris, Brooke. So that's where you're looking for the offense to come. And honestly, if Damian Lillard can shoot just at career levels, like the Bucks game, like these games look a little bit differently. You mentioned how he shot poorly from three tonight, which uh, three of 13 from three. Like that's that that's not going to get it done. Of course, like one was a heave and things like that. But if the Bucks can get Dame playing like Dame, if they can continue playing defense at this level, and the offense can start to tick back up, which I think naturally, if you see Dame's production going up, you see that as well. Um, that's going to be a primary driver of the Bucks getting better. Stay up to date all year on the Milwaukee Bucks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Bucks on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Caitlin Clark set the standard on Thursday night. Before we get to that, the Warriors took a trip to the mountains. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel America's number one sports book because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. You can always... Just build a regular same-game parlay for even bigger payouts. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. Steph Curry favored to win the three-point battle with Sabrina Ionescu. FanDuel has odds on Steph at minus 225. They also have Sabrina plus 172. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA and official sportsbook of LockedOn. Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today, here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Golden State Warriors were in Salt Lake City to face the Utah Jazz on Thursday ahead of the All-Star break. The Warriors nearly blowing another huge lead. They led this by 19 at its apex. They, I believe, entered the fourth quarter with an 18-point lead, and the Jazz could have easily stolen that game. That was, I, I, that just was not a feel-good result, in my opinion. You're a team that, yes, you won. You're going into the All-Star break, a game above 500. But you're not looking like a team that's a title contender. You're not looking like a team that people across the nation uh, and locally are taking seriously in terms of the big picture. 
Seattle Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith was informed Thursday that he will remain on the Seahawks roster through this week at least. He's got $12.7 million on his contract that is set to become fully guaranteed. Despite Smith getting the check, he isn't necessarily assured of remaining with Seattle next season as the Seahawks could trade him before March 18th. That is when he is due almost $10 more million in a roster bonus. The Seahawks believe that with salary soaring for starting quarterbacks in today's market, the right decision was to guarantee that almost $13 million if he remains in Seattle, his total cap hit in 2024. A shade over $31 million. Authorities in Kansas City said Thursday that the mass shooting that left one person dead and 22 injured at the Chiefs Super Bowl celebration appeared to have stemmed from a dispute among several people. An adult who was arrested has been released, but two juveniles remain detained. Witnesses described confusion as gunshots began, sounding to some like fireworks. We are working to determine the involvement of others, and it should be noted that we have recovered several firearms. The incident is still a very active investigation. That, Police Chief Stacy Graves. LSU freshman tailback Trey Holly turned himself in to the Union Parish Sheriff's Office on Thursday and faces charges of second-degree murder. That's one of three felony charges he's facing to a shooting last week in Farmerville, Louisiana. The shooting happened on February 9th with two people suffering gunshot wounds. Both victims are expected to live. Holly's also facing charges of aggravated criminal damage to property and illegal use of a weapon. Holly is a freshman who ran for 110 yards on 11 carries last season, including a touchdown against Army. And Rob Manfred has announced he will retire as Major League Baseball commissioner at the end of his current contract in 2029. Mark your calendars, folks. Manfred replaced Bud Selig as commissioner in January of 2015 and has since been given two five-year terms. The owners voted in July to give him a third term. When he explained his decision to reporters, Manfred said, you can only have so much fun in one lifetime. I wonder what baseball fans would say about that. Here is another story you need to know. It took Caitlin Clark 125 games to break a scoring record Kelsey Plum set in 139 games. And she did it the way Caitlin Clark seems to do everything with a sidestep falling away logo three pointer. She puts up 49 and 13 on Michigan on her way to set the all time scoring mark in women's college basketball. Howard Megdal from Locked On. Women's basketball joins me now. And, and Howard, there have been a lot of great scores over the years in women's college basketball. To your mind, what sets Caitlin apart? She is not just a great scorer, although she is obviously very much that. She is an incredible facilitator as well. And when I say her passing might be better than her shooting, I know what a big statement that is, but mm. she's had assist percentages up near 50% now two years running and she came to campus able to do it extraordinarily well and has just gotten better. When you think about these records, I mean, Kelsey Plum, it wasn't that long ago that she set this mark. I and mean, we're talking about 2017 um, when she was last in college. And it seems like the game changing, the three-point shot, the pace, all of that stuff has played a big role here. I mean, you look at someone like Daisha Fair, like she's going to crack the top five probably if she stays healthy um, here in, in her career. So is this the kind of thing that we're just going to see this like every couple of years, someone might set a new record? No. I, I mean, Daisha Fair, I think is wonderful. And I think there is great scoring throughout the game. Kelsey Plum, 
remarkable player who I had the privilege of covering in college. Rachel Bannum, another great scorer from that time. What Caitlin Clark is doing is a cut above mm. what we've seen prior to this. And so, yes, records are made to be broken, and there will be great players continuing to come. There are incredible freshmen right now. We were talking off air, you know, whether it's Juju Watkins or Hannah Hidalgo. Yeah. Tonight, Latson, a sophomore, is one of, going to be, I think, one of the greatest, as long as she stays healthy as well. But what Caitlin Clark is doing, we'll see it once a generation, but we're not going to see it on a regular basis. We have to, at this point, put Caitlin Clark's name up with the all-time greats, the Cheryl Millers, the Shamika Holtzclaws, um, Brittany Griners. Are you are you ready to say we're talking about the greatest women's college basketball player ever? That's a really hard thing to say. I go back to Brianna Stewart winning four national mm. championships and being most outstanding player in the Final Four for four yeah, different seasons. Her. I, I just don't know how you touch that when it comes to the greatest college basketball player of all time. And that's a whole other set of conversations. Here's what I do know. There are people who seem skeptical that Caitlin Clark will translate to the WNBA. Mm. And in the event that she chooses to come out this April, those tapes are going to look very wrong, very fast. Why do you think that is? She has the ability to see her teammates. She has, let me just give you one play. She got to 49 points with that three pointer yeah. off of a, you know, off of a curl action. Next time down, a lot of players would have said, Oh, I'm going for 50. And instead, finds Hannah Stulte on the run. Stulte gets the free throws. Caitlin comes out of the game. She doesn't force it in a way that, People seem very skeptical of her because she takes so many long-distance shots. She is not somebody who forces it. She is long for a guard at six feet tall with long arms. She's going to be able to make that transition very well. She's able to get to the basket deceptively strong. And again, just that combination. I remember the first time I saw her live, it was, geez, I understand why people are making the Pete Maravich comparison because this is somebody who is not just a shooter but a magical passer you see her several times a game do things passing the ball that you have not seen in this game this is not just the next great player this is somebody who's breaking new ground and, and you mentioned the breaking new ground part of this uh it is it is hard not to draw the Steph Curry parallels who seems to have changed NBA yeah. basketball in much the same way what do you think of that comparison I'm old enough to remember when Steph Curry got to the NBA and there were questions about whether he was going to be able to convert to point guard. I wrote a yeah. story about it early in his career, as a matter of fact. Seeing Steph during his freshman year playing for Davidson, I thought I was seeing something special in the way that seeing Caitlin Clark as a freshman, I saw someone and something special. The comparison doesn't seem crazy. I do think it's important that we are comparing Caitlin also to the great women's players who have come before her and not to lose sight of the history of that. But I also think just flat out that at the very top of basketball, you need to be talking about how the very best are doing it. Steph Curry, of course, an inner circle Hall of Famer. Caitlin Clark, all she needs is good health to be doing the same thing. Stay up to date all year on women's basketball by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Women's Basketball on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Derrick Henry needs to sign with the Ravens. 
Derrick Henry is a free agent. The man who once wrecked opposing defenses on a weekly basis may have lost a step, but he can still bring the power to any team's running game. As Locked On NFL scouting hosts Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs discuss, the best spot for him is Baltimore. We're probably both sitting on Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Baltimore <laughs> That's because that's who I have as well. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. I think the challenge is the cap, right? They're only sitting at $7.3 million in space, and they've got contracts to deal with, right? If Zeitler and Simpson and Patrick Queen and Justin Matabweek, they got some they got some challenges there with the expiring contract. So I recognize that. But uh, I think you want to talk about Derrick Henry and the Gus Edwards role and just really improving what that player is. And then the backfield of Lamar and Derrick Henry, like, good luck. Good luck having the right personnel on the field to be able to deal with that. And so I think being aware of, of who you are as a team and, and how you can attack defenses, I think you can just do so much with Derrick Henry. Again, the cap piece is what's hard, and, and I hate that. Uh, this is probably my biggest stretch in terms of cap and you know, what it's probably going to cost to get a player. Uh, but I feel like I just get excited about that possibility for Baltimore if that's something that can come to fruition. I love this, if for no other reason than Derrick Henry would look scary as hell in all black, those Ravens uniforms, he would just look absolutely menacing at his size as a running back. But there is also a lot of logic in this. The Ravens have had the most diverse run schemes in the league over the last few years, even as they went from Greg Roman to Todd Monken. And you could just have a running game that lets Derrick Henry be Derrick Henry. You wouldn't have to rely on Lamar Jackson playing and play out. And that's a really nice balance when you have Lamar Jackson to bail you out if you need it. He can still run a lot of those gap and power schemes that the Ravens have been running. They've got the offensive linemen to do it, to pull and do all those things. Is it the perfect pairing if you want to run some of the zone read stuff and some of the quarterback run stuff? Eh, maybe it's not, but that doesn't mean that it's not a move worth making. This Ravens team needs to add playmakers. They need to add explosion to this offense, and they need to add some guys that they can just count on playing and play out. And Derrick Henry, does he have a ton left in the tank? No, he's probably on like the 16th, 17th hole of his round, but he's still playing. And finally, you ever ride in an elevator and worry about getting stuck in it? I know it's not just me. A college basketball game was delayed on Thursday because an entire team got stuck in an elevator. The Fairleigh Dickinson men's basketball team got stuck in an elevator at Steinberg Wellness Center in Brooklyn while going from the court to the locker room prior to Thursday's game with Long Island University. Tip-off was delayed 17 minutes as FDNY firemen freed the team. Fairleigh Dickinson did get the win, though. 84-82. Something about overcoming adversity, I guess. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, who will win the Hearts of America at NBA All-Star Weekend? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.